This is Cody Carpenter, and you're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. All right, welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. Joining me this week is uh, substitute, but not lesser than, right. co-host, North Innsbruck. Chris, welcome. Hey, hey good to be back. And we have right. very, a very, very special guest, Cody Carpenter. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, very exciting to have you on, obviously, with uh, us being a synthwave podcast and um, you know your involvement in the scene, and just kind of, kind of maybe being the nucleus, maybe in there, in the hub of everything. So, um, I want to talk about first off, talk about um, your viewpoint of the scene, the genre of music. That's it's a synthesizer-based genre of music. Uh, tell me a little bit about your feelings of it. Um, you know anything that you are interested yeah. in and just kind of your thoughts. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy that this sort of genre of music has become extremely popular. Um, it kind of has the, the retro feel and nostalgic uh, vibes to it. And that's really, I love that kind of stuff. And it just, it makes me happy that people are really into this kind of music. Totally. Um, and you know, when you say the word synthwave, you know, it encompasses such a huge variety of music. There's so many different types of synthwave that it's, it's even hard to define what it is, but um, thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. There's a conversation that'd take a few hours or days or. Well, I, I mean, to yeah. outsiders, they, they just, and I, I don't mean to say outsiders as a, as a derogatory term, but I think they, they just don't really understand. It sounds all the same. You know, and to me, like saying synthwave is all the same is like saying any music that uses guitar is all the same. Yep. It's not really, right. it's just a synthesizer, I think, focused genre of music that can go anywhere. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. Um, there's really distinctly different types of music in the genre, which is, it's interesting. Yeah, totally it well you you know as far as what what you've been i mean as far as historically using even to the, to that degree or uh like contemporary synthesizers gear is there anything that you've found that's kind of gearing you more in specific directions sound wise at all at this time or any favorite toys maybe that you've got yeah so i'm i'm uh i'm pretty much a hundred percent software i i don't have any like nice. uh actually hardware since personally that i use for my own stuff um for the stuff that I do with my dad, uh, we do use some hardware since, but I'm almost 100% software. And uh, recently I've been using a lot of the Arturia synths. Oh, yeah. Um, they have the, I think it's called the V collection or something like yep. that. They have totally. a bunch of the classic synths. Um, cool. I've been having fun with those. Yeah, well, it's amazing what you can do with the, the VSTs and all that, the plugins, everything now. And I've heard, Art I haven't used Arturias myself, but I hear it's pretty, pretty solid. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I like them. Um, you know, I think some people are uh, a little critical of them, but yeah. but I, I, yeah, I think they're they're great for what they what they are. Yeah, absolutely, 
totally it too. And I've heard others, you know, people, you know, some people love Roland's cloud that they have out there and there are folks who rag on that too. And just, you know, they're not happy with it, but I think there's a bit of an adjustment there and you get used to what you have you know, available. And, uh, to a certain degree also, you know, you're at the mercy of your computer that you've got. So, so all these different factors come into play at times. Yeah, exactly. I, um, and for me, who's, who doesn't have any hardware stuff, you know, I have to have relatively a relatively good computer to, to make it sound good. So, it's just important to have good gear, you know. It, it, do you use VSTs out of out of ease, or is it? I mean, because like Chris, yeah. Chris here is all about the hardware for the most part. Yeah, the, the you know kind of the basement studio is loaded up pretty heavy, and so it's it's an interesting area that I haven't looked in a whole lot myself. But I love hearing these kinds of endorsements for it because this the sound technology is really improving. Well, you know, honestly, if if I if I could, I would probably have a lot more actual hardware stuff but <laughs> yep. you know i um because i i well uh before the virus anyway i i travel back and forth between uh la where i am now and tokyo uh, a lot so i have to be kind of mobile oh yeah um and i bring my my music stuff with me so i really can't have a lot of physical stuff unfortunately um so okay. i've i've just kind of everything I, I get has kind of gone towards the more VST uh, stuff, Wh whether I want to or not. It's just kind of, it's the way I have to do it, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the mobility piece of it, I mean, th that is, you know, like you said, going from one city to the next or, you know, one, one country to the next for that matter and being able to have a set of headphones, a small MIDI keyboard perhaps, and a yes. computer. Like that's, that's mobility. That's, that's key really. Yeah, and, and just, you know, where I live, you know, there's just not a lot of room to have all that kind of big physical gear anyway, so. Yeah, totally, totally. Very cool, very cool. And um, so I'm curious with, you know, you you have a pretty wide array of, of musical things that you do. Is there a genre of music that you like to play in, or do you just do what you do? Um, I'm curious... Because obviously, being a uh, you know a, a trained musician, you can use a lot of different things. Is there a particular genre that you really gravitate towards? Yeah, there is. Um, I, I'm kind of in my own little world uh, with. I, I'm really into like uh, progressive rock and uh, kind oh, of yeah. kind of rock fusion, jazz rock, whatever you want to say. Plus um, the kind of '80s synth um synth pop synth wave uh you know whatever when you want to call that kind of stuff um those are kind of the two big worlds that i like to live in really yeah your your prog rock, prog rock stuff is it's super tight like so you you must have some studio musicians that that you're you've pulled together for for that then too yes thank you um yeah yeah i i was uh i've been really lucky to be able to work with some amazing musicians for all the rock albums that i've that mm -hmm. i've been doing um uh especially uh jimmy hassett the bass player he's yeah he uh he's done i think he's played on all the all the the real rock albums that i that i've done and uh, he's been amazing every time. Oh, he's got skills. I was, you know, prior to the interview, I was listening to you in the car, just kind of, you know, going through a few different things. And, and I, my first instrument was a bass guitar. And, mm -hmm. um, and I was listening to that, like the slap, the funk that's in there. I mean, 
seriously, that, that was really cool. And, and that's something that we're not, we haven't seen as much of yet, but, but I was curious kind of what drew you into the prog rock piece of it there. Cause that's, you know, you're not seeing a whole lot of people do it, but we're seeing that the technology is pushing us back that direction to a certain mm -hmm. degree. Yeah. I, I kind of fell in love with that kind of music back in, I want to say back in high school. Um, I got really into like uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer and uh, like nice. the, the seventies uh, version of Genesis and um, yeah, uh, all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I, that's really, that type of music is what I started writing. And then I kind of um, ventured out into uh, kind of the more, uh, I don't, I don't know if you want to say pop, but the more uh, mm -hmm. synth wave kind of stuff. Um, so that, that's actually really where I come from musically. I, I or at least I like to say that. Such a perfect fusion with synthwave. I mean, <laughs> the arpeggios, everything that comes into play. It's it's like it's a natural transition. Absolutely. It seems like prog rock is like maybe one of the first genres to really incorporate synthesizers into it to create some of those very interesting. Um, uh, like tones and moods within music and so it kind of it makes sense i guess um yeah, and that's really absolutely. cool and and that's actually something that we really haven't necessarily seen in our in uh, mm -hmm. modern scene synthwave you know there's like we were talking about how synthwave is so versatile and so wide i don't i can't think of anyone that's really kind of mixing a prog rock thing together but maybe tilt it more towards synthesizer to fit in the umbrella so it's an interesting i think there's an untapped world there if you will mm. yeah absolutely yeah i would love to hear an artist um kind of venture into that territory um it'd be really interesting you know and and honestly there might be some artists doing that out there you know there are so many people doing yeah. so many things it's kind of hard to to keep track and, and find all these new artists you know um mm -hmm. As, as you guys probably know, it's, just, it's such a huge, such a huge world. I can't keep up, honestly. I literally can't yeah, keep up. Yeah, there you up. go. That's exactly it, too. You go on Bandcamp. I don't know if you if you go on Bandcamp and, and peruse music that way, because I think, for me, like my hub for Synthwave is typically Bandcamp, because I can look at the labels that are out there and, and, and explore that way. Um, but there's a new release, it seems like, every single day. And yeah, that's yeah. a fair estimate. Yeah. And uh, it's so hard to keep up, and I feel bad because, like, there's so much good music out there now. Like, I'm excited. Like, the thing, it, for me, what draws me into this particular genre of music is there seems to be an energy and momentum and a creativity where a lot of music that I listened to growing up in the 90s, uh, early 2000s, uh, it seemed to, to be stale. Like, it seemed to become overly corporate mm -hmm homogenize you know people kind of get stuck in there this is this genre and you have to be this way oh yeah and then this other thing comes up late 2010s and really blows open what you can do with music and make it for me make music exciting again mm. yeah. yeah something fresh that's totally it too yeah absolutely well i think too looking at what what you're doing cody I mean, I'm I'm hearing like some chiptune stuff in there that that you're throwing in as well, which is pretty mm -hmm. pretty cool. I'm curious. I'm um, looking back at. I mean, there's. <laughs> I mean, 
grew up in the eighties, obviously, you know, same, same here. So, I mean, we had, you know, the, the NES going on Atari, all that kind of stuff. Curious just as far as, you know, kind of the, is like the chiptune tie into what you're doing right now? I mean, or what you've been doing more recently, what, what, I don't know, kind of more so decide what games you've been, did you play growing up or let's dig into some of that kind of stuff too, maybe with interest. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, uh, of course, like, like any kid my age, I grew up, uh, you know, playing video games like a maniac and, uh, right. you know, all the music of that time had such a huge effect on, on my life. Um, hundred percent. So I, I love video game music. I love the classic video game music really. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, speaking of chiptunes in, I think it was, uh, two years ago, I did, I did a chiptune album with, um, another composer named Mark Day. Um, yeah. and it was, uh, he did it, um, he, he did all the, the mixing and production and I did a lot of the writing. He wrote a couple songs too. Super. And, uh, it was, it was kind of a, the concept was, it was a, um, it was a soundtrack to, uh, like an RPG that never was or something like that. Nice. And, yep. uh, I, I really, I was really happy with how that one came out. It's, it's a fun album. Nice. Any, any thoughts of kind of going back into that genre at all in the future then? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Sweet. Um, I would, uh, I, I was actually just emailing with him the other day, um, talking about a couple of things uh he's he's actually working on uh uh doing a a new port of uh double dragon he's doing uh, like uh i don't know what you call it but like a an old port of um uh i don't don't know i don't know what you'd call that not not like a new version but an older version Uh, anyway yeah yeah um, totally yeah yeah he was talking we were talking about that I, i think uh i think maybe it's time we should do another one of these chiptune albums seriously that'd be super cool yeah definitely it and too i I suppose again i mean you're going through software all this kind of stuff but the fun part is growing up you know kind of growing up in the 80s as well some of that music i mean being able to fall back on on the origins of where it all came from you know Mm -hmm. so i got it i'm gonna go back to were you an nes kid or what oh yeah (laughs) nes was my first system the brotherhood right there nice to meet you (laughs) i knew i liked you (laughs) what about game wise what'd you play anything in particular oh um i was i was i was hardcore uh growing up uh almost anything and everything i could get my hands on um Ah. starting with the nes you know um uh, and then went on to the Super NES and the Genesis, and then on to the N64 yeah. and PlayStation. You know, it was uh, yeah. it was everything. I was there. I oh, was there. Right. I'd have been knocking on your door. Can Cody come out? And play? Can I come in and play? Not come out and play. Can I come in and play now? <laughs> What's the game today? Yeah. Seriously, you know, yeah, we played. The, I played the hell out of Super Mario and Zelda, and actually, again, not too long ago, started finding some of those old cartridges again. I don't know if you held on to yours, but it's fun. They're like baseball cards now you know like mm, yeah some fun stuff so totally very cool yeah like... I, I still have a couple of the 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 old games um there, there was a point where I, I i sold a bunch of them unfortunately yeah. i wish i hadn't right but yeah i still have uh i still have my gold uh zelda cartridge and um lucky guy super mario yeah. brothers 3 you know you can't Beautiful. get rid of that one classic i love it <laughs> you know i'll never forget the day i came home and like my found out my old man and, like it was i came back from college basically and then nintendo was gone the old cartridges like my, my skate deck was i don't know why i was actually using that but all of a sudden all the stuff just disappeared kind of a deal and i was like you realize what you did and some of those like mega man 4 is worth some dough now of course i mean mm. that's the way it went though stuff's it's yeah. gone 
now I'm looking for it crying <laughs> <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> Too much money. Yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, it's an incredible thing. Um, and I find it interesting, you know, tying it back to music, like all of these b- peripheral things, you know, b- video game soundtracks, you know, who would have thought that that would be a thing that right. people now like would actually pay money to put on vinyl to listen to. And that's a thing that mm. you listen to. And that's such a, it's a huge, Kyle yeah. would be able to speak I to that. I wish he was here now. Yeah. Right. Because that's his yeah. big thing is collecting video game soundtracks. Yeah. Um, and I, I think to a lot of people that might just seem so strange, um, but it's it's fun to see it being incorporated into music. And then, yep. like I, I think also like you know the movies that you grow up on and how that mm-hmm. it it it's works its way into music and into, into this music obviously. And I really love when you listen to a lot of like artists that there's video game elements, there's the score elements, there's. Mm-hmm. techno or whatever it is in any yeah. combination of it, it it's so fun i like being surprised by by the a lot of the artists in the scene mm-hmm. yeah for sure so vinyl stuff so um have you have you had i mean as far as what's coming out or has been out on, on vinyl previously how's that experience been for you and what what have you released on vinyl so i think usually the vinyl stuff that uh, I'm involved in is usually with my dad. I don't think I've released any of my personal stuff on vinyl. Right on. Um, okay. okay. I'm for whatever reason um, just hasn't worked out. But yeah. they definitely. I, I know um, the fans of my dad. They they're really into the. They have all sorts of different versions of the vinyls and things like that. Uh, some pretty cool stuff. Right, right on. Yeah, totally it too. And that's, you know, there's that inherent risk that comes with publishing something like vinyl too as well. Eric and I, we've, we've talked a little bit about that to certain degrees and figuring out how does this, you know, how do you play that game and, and, you know, back it up, there's marketing, all this stuff comes into play and it gets, it's terribly complex. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so bad at uh, the business aspect of, <laughs> of my music. That it's really list. sad. I, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky with the kind of rock albums because I have a, a really great um, label that that puts out the album Blue Canoe Records, and they're yeah. just so awesome. So I just leave all that to them. But for kind of the more synthwave stuff, um, like the the album I did last year, uh, Stargazer, I just put it out myself, and I'm just yeah. I'm so bad at you know marketing and and just putting it out there. I, I don't know. I, I should probably I should probably do more. But it takes an army. For real though, yeah, you know, yeah, it's a lot yeah. to organize. And where do you even learn? I mean, that's, you know, to be a, a self promoter, it's almost a personality trait that you have to uh, have. So, I, you know, I get it; it's hard, and you have to rely on, mm-hmm. you know, like, is it the strength of the material? Is it like how much attention you can grab for yourself? And there seems to be, and maybe I think Chris and I have talked about this, but there seems to be this new thing now where you've got to release a song every, Oh geez. Don't get me started. Like what? Yeah. Four weeks. Right. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, I follow a lot of people on Bandcamp, and it's like, and that's where part of the releases get frustrating is like, yeah, you know, there's, it's one song, one song. Yeah. And to me, yeah. I like to have the whole, I like to have a whole concept. I like to have it in a, in a mm-hmm. nice package and yeah. have the artwork and everything and kind of, 
get a, a you know yeah. more prog rock kind of mindset where it's a whole thing a concept mm-hmm. concept yeah. instead of well, just a single you know, we've talked about that i was like hey eric i just spoke out the record ready you, you ready to listen to it no i'm cool man you to hold off you get the album cover done i want to listen to the whole thing end to end before you play it for me and that's your style dude you know that's a good thing mm. very good thing that's for sure so so cody so um you you play instruments Mm-hmm. Okay, so wh- where'd you start? Curious. Where, what was your first instrument, and what do you? How has that progressed? Because I'm, a, I imagine, I'm guessing you're a multi instrumentalist, and I'm always curious about that journey for people. What was that like for you? Yeah, I, I started with a piano. I think when I was, you know, maybe three or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, and then in, I want to say, when I was in junior high school, I I got a guitar. Um, and tried a little bit of bass and I got into the drums in maybe high school. Okay. Right on. Um, but I've, at this point I'm more focused on keys. Yeah. Uh, I used to love to play the drums, but I don't have a set. I don't have a kit, uh, set up. Oh so yeah. I don't really have access to practice or anything like that. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I like to say I'm mainly just keys now. Mm-hmm. Totally get what you're saying there too. I mean, Eric and I, we've talked about, you know, getting done and playing some music. Eric's got a set of drums. It's in his basement. I'm, I'm assuming it's still there, but yeah. like my place, I mean, even having somewhere where you can do something like that, it's, it's not happening uh, in my studio. Yeah. Forget it. So yeah, it's all electronic. Yeah. You really need for drums, especially, you know, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they make noise. So you, yeah. you gotta have, gotta have the space and you gotta have the right environment to be able to play it. Totally it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So keys since you're a kiddo and you picked up a few things here and there as you went along and, uh, and here, here you are now. That's pretty dope. So yeah, I know Eric, I got, so I got thoughts, but Eric looks like he's got no. So that, and I'm guessing then you, you can read and write music then it would be my, you know, I, I used to be able to, um, but to be honest, you know, there's really just not, that much need for me to do it nowadays. Um, I was just talking about this with someone. uh, I think I've more or less forgotten how to sight read music because it's just, it's a skill that I just never use, you know? Uh, It's not really important for the kind of music that um, I'm doing, um, you know, for better or for worse, you know? So that's an interesting thing because I was watching an interview with Danny Elfman and he was talking about when he was making his transition from Oingo Boingo into doing scores, when he initially went in and was working with engineers, they were they were really like snooty towards him because mm. apparently there's a term for non-musical readers that come into that cinematic world. They're called hummers, I guess. Oh, interesting. So like okay. you oh, I've never heard that. <laughs> so like it's basically <laughs> like you don't know how to write out music, so you hum the mm-hmm. the music out and then it's written down by someone in the studio that knows how to compose or transpose what oh, you're doing and so there's like this yeah. like uh like snootiness between like studio cinematic or orchestral people and like rock people because most rock people are not classically trained right. you know like they can't read and write music so he talked about just that that initial struggle of going in and being looked huh. down upon because he comes from a dirty rock band. <laughs> dirty <laughs> rock band. <laughs> well, it was the 80s. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so that's funny. interesting. So when you 
compose for film then? Do you, is it, do you go by feeling? I'm really interested in that process. How do you write for yourself personally to a movie? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's interesting because it, it really depends on what, uh, what genre you're writing for um, and what instruments you're writing for, because obviously if you're writing music for an orchestra or something like that, um, then I guess, I guess, you know, I would be a hummer. Uh, I don't think I could write out uh, notation, you know, for a full mm -hmm. orchestra. Um, I would have to get some help doing that. But, you know, because I've mostly been working with my dad in the horror genre, um, we've been doing a lot of synth stuff. Um, and I don't really need to write out music for that stuff. I just uh, can just do it myself um, because I'm not hiring a lot of other musicians. Um, so I did the soundtrack for um, uh, my dad did two uh, episodes of Masters of Horror for yep. Showtime. Uh, and I did the soundtrack to both of those. Cool. And there was no um, there was no score. Um, I both my dad and I are big fans of improvisation. Um, oh, yeah. So it wasn't really written out beforehand. Uh, it was kind of a stream of consciousness uh, playing to the to the film. Um, so that's more how I write, um, which, you know, to do that, you don't really need to uh, read notation. You know, it's something about being in touch with what's happening right there. There's an emotion behind it and it's very raw. And, um, mm. and, you, and you're in the moment and that's what makes, I think that's what makes something like that ex exceptionally special personally, you know, it could be a grinding session, but on the same hand, what comes out after that isn't any less or, you know, anything more for that matter compared to what other people have done in other situations. Yeah. I, I, I just, I love the process. I love that yes. process uh, of being there, you know, yeah. it, the flow, it depends. Yeah. The flow, it, it's yeah. just, it's, uh, it's really fun as an artist but of course it depends on the project because some obviously some some films or some uh you know media it's not going to work that process is just it won't yep. work for that film uh luckily whatever i've worked on uh, has it's really it's really been uh, it's really worked out is there like a magical tone do you like do you go into like it's this project do you like discuss kind of what from the filmmaker like it I need this kind of feeling from it and then go from there. Cause if you're playing on a synthesizer, you have a, an infinite world to work with. True. So how do you, is there like a, a set tone that you like to work within or do you really just look for that initial feedback and go from there? Yeah. It, it's really what the filmmakers want from the score, right? It's, it's, they, they kind of give you the, 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 the direction, like we want to go, this feeling here, this is, this is what this scene is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, uh, then the, then the composer kind of chooses whatever palette, you know, they want to, they want to work with, uh, after. So it's, it's really just what the filmmakers want from the music. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And so that's gotta be just an amazing experience too. And then seeing all of that translated into a larger project, you know, knowing that you're a key piece in it but that contribution really making something what it is oh yeah it's fantastic have you guys ever seen any of the there's like youtube clips where the people replace the music oh, from God. horror movies and put like in the seinfeld yeah. bing boop thing in there 
you know yeah. i haven't but that sounds amazing yeah, oh, it, yeah. and it, <laughs> the point of the videos was to illustrate how important music is to film and mm-hmm. either like because it, it hits literally it hits certain emotional chords and builds up a scene so if you're building something that's tense or you know yeah. um thoughtful or you know like any of those particular things that's so vital and to know be able to basically convert emotion into music yep. to basically manipulate the audience to get them yeah. to feel what you want them to feel it's such an amazing process to me like music is so incredible i you know to me at the end of the day like what it, what it can do to a person yeah mm. Turning electrical charges in our brain into uh, into to waves, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> say that are affecting other people. No, it it yeah, it's really a concept. It's something else, straight up. Yeah, I mean, you can you can completely make or break uh, you know an image with with the music. Like uh, I I got to check out those YouTube videos you're talking about because that just sounds too great. I, I really want to see that. <laughs> There's a couple of, was it metal bands in the videos? And they'll queue up this with like grunts and stuff. So as opposed to like the band really hitting it hard on a note, you hear like, mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's really funny. Yeah. I, you know, I, the, the internet is the greatest and the worst thing to ever happen to humanity. Uh, and you, and <laughs> yeah, true some of those things that you could discover and, and you could really illustrate really interesting yeah. and valid points. Uh, and especially with like, Again, people overdubbing, you oh, know, yeah. what you expect, mm-hmm. either visually or the other way around. Because like, I think there's another person that DJ mixes metal songs with pop songs. So they'll take like Madonna or Ariana Grande and nice. then mix them with like a metal band. Ah. So mm. they sing over the top of a metal song, basically. <laughs> Classy. I like this. You're onto something there. And yeah. it really, it works. It's it, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Again, the, the, the talents that people have and the it's time. The internet, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's just, it's it's unending. There's anything, everything. And that's the scary part. You get sucked into some of those YouTube kind of holes or whatever it is, and you end up. <laughs> watching I, I don't even know like some some russian dude blowing up a pickup truck with a rifle and you're like how the hell did i get here i was just watching on a plant flowers like but it gets you it's one way or another i don't even yeah. know so <laughs> yeah but, um yeah. so do you have you've worked with a lot of of folks within the synthwave scene um obviously doing stuff with like ellie arson and oceanside 85 and dance with the dead um do those projects come to you because they reach out to you? I mean, do you have interest to do like more collaborations with folks? Yeah, usually um, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get an email or, or someone will contact me on on uh, social media. Um, that's usually how that works out, and I, I love doing that kind of stuff. I love uh, contributing some keys or some guitar uh, to uh, to someone else's music. I I don't do a lot of um, like writing collaboration because um i kind of i i prefer to just kind of contribute to what someone else is doing um but uh i i love doing that stuff to the point like here's a song i'm looking for a guitar solo or a guitar piece kind of or a specific arpeggio here and there within the song and and you you plug in a few pieces and say hey here's what i've got what do you think and then start bouncing back and forth a little bit exactly yeah that's that's usually how it works um I mean, I have uh, written uh, stuff with other uh, synthwave artists, but um, 
for the most part, it's really just like a contributor, you know, just yep. contribute a little bit to it. Yeah, that, that's really cool. I think that's a that's a, a difficult, I don't know, a difficult thing to define for a lot of folks that are coming into music new. What's the maybe a difference between a collaboration? You know, we're writing a song together versus featuring an artist. And, and, and what does that really mean? And, and to, to that point, you know, how do we work together? You know, how do artists do it? How do musicians do it? It's it's different from one one partnership to the next. So I'm sure, you know, it gets creative without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. You know, it depends on on the artist, how much they want, you know, uh, do they want, do they want really a lot of color or do they just want, you know, mm -hmm. me to play a bunch of notes, a really fast <laughs> solo, because that's, that's kind of what I like to do. Nice. Um, there we go. Yeah. Anything in particular that, you know, someone that you've teamed up with recently that, that to you is a bit more standout as far as project goes, or you're kind of like, I, I slayed it a little bit better on that one than I think the others did. Everybody's <laughs> got hot spots, you know? <laughs> you know, the, I, I've worked with some artists that I just really love that I, I just yeah. want to kind of promote because they're not, um, maybe yes. they're not as well known as I wish they were. Um, for example, uh, I've done a, a number of things with uh, Ultra Boss. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Totally. He, uh, he's an amazing guitar player, just uh, incredible. He's also a great songwriter, um, and I've done uh, uh a couple of things with him also with uh uh simulacrum lab um is a, a really amazing artist uh out of italy um right. he does some really cool stuff and then uh beckett uh, i don't know if you've heard him yep. but okay he does yep, beckett. Yep. very just amazing really cool stuff but um i was just i'm really happy to work with uh with these guys they're 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 so talented very very cool yeah it's such a it's a cool thing i like i like the collaboration things and and seeing uh, what, how different mindsets, um, can basically create this new thing. It's, it's, it's very interesting collaborating with an artist, I think, because you have your mindset and your way of making music and then you've got to, then you're, then how do you, what's, what's the mix of that? How do you incorporate, how do yeah. you fit yourself into a song? And then how, and like, if you were doing VSTs, like, do you just, swap wave files do you like you know what i mean it's such an interesting and kind of sometimes totally. challenging process yeah 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 i like to to give the artist i'm working with i like to give them a lot of control over what i do so i'll actually give them uh i'll give them a wave but also usually give them the midi in case they want to change some things that i did cool um yeah. because you know at the end of the day it's their music it's their song um yeah. so they should have complete control over you know, whatever I do, it's, it's not like I'm writing the music. So yep. for me anyways, that's how I like to work. I like to, I'm really just a, a hired gun in that situation. I think, uh, so I like to give a lot of control. Cool. Cool. Is there anybody, um, within the scene that's kind of like stand out to you that's doing interesting things? I'm not going to ask you to choose a favorite. I'm just going to like, <laughs> are there artists that are like, that are really slaying it for you that you think like this is really cool or they're really talented or, you know, you, you have a very unique, obviously perspective and background where I'm just interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I think one of the, the, the fellows I mentioned, I think Beckett in particular, he, he really does. Um, he really captures this, this element from, from the past that, that kind that, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but he—it's like he really feels uh, 
he really feels that nostalgia and it really it really translates into his music he's also um he's also just really talented and i uh i always always like to promote his stuff um he just recently i think released a new album that is kind of it's got a heavy kind of funk vibe to it, um, which is a little different from his, his previous stuff, but, um, yeah, I, uh, it's just, I, I highly recommend it. I turned on, uh, state of the state of synth. was it last week. And I don't know if it was necessarily a premiere for one of Beckett's songs, but yeah, that funk, you're right. It, it to a certain degree, interesting from the twin cities area here, it reminded me a little bit of the Minneapolis sound, um, from, from, you know, the, early mid 80s kind of up into the, to the late 80s to a certain degree which is really fun to listen to so you talk about a dynamic sound and and somebody who really understands the timbre i think that that comes along with that that age the the music that was coming out at that time that's that's special so yeah he and i know he uses a lot of um uh what's the word uh, he uses a lot of gear from the yeah. time and he, he really knows this stuff uh how to use um how to get the the specific sounds out of the gear that they used to use back then um it's just really talented yeah if you check out his instagram for those that are listening like it's just littered with gear picks it it's <laughs> like there's so much stuff on here it's incredible <laughs> how much uh like gear he has and that's and that's a, a whole other skill set which i i find there's there's kind of like two um, modes or mindsets within the synthwave community. It's the VST versus the hardware folks. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. while maybe the end product is the same, the mindset and the, and the skill behind it is completely different, you know, cause with a VST, you can really manipulate it very easily in your, well, depending on what you're using for software, obviously, right. uh, versus getting to know hardware. I mean, that's, that's a whole process. And, you know, for you, like, um, do you like using like MIDI? That's a whole skill set of doing stuff and tracking things down and remembering patches. Yeah, I'm heavy into the MIDI. That's that's yeah. the that's kind of my main my main thing. It's just uh, it's, it makes life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I was also um, another thing that I was thinking earlier. Come to think of it, and I needed a moment to clear my head. Uh, performance. So um, you've been on tour before, you, you perform, um, you've played small clubs, big clubs. I'm actually kind of curious about that, kind of that emotional you know, charge going through playing maybe from you know, a more modest show to some of these bigger clubs and going on tour. What was that like for you? I mean, that had to have been just a wild experience. Yeah, the, the tours with my dad um, were, were pretty amazing. Uh, we traveled uh, all over Europe and uh, all over nice. the U.S., and um it was just a great awesome experience it's, it's so so great to be able to play you know my dad's music for the fans and and uh yeah that was amazing um i also i think it was last year oh man i don't even remember now last year and two <laughs> years ago i i was uh, lucky enough to play with uh, vince decola um nice. we played a few shows and um I love playing his music. I'm a huge fan of his. It was just a, a super, an amazing honor to be able to work with him. Awesome. Um, I, I do. I, I really enjoy playing live. The, the travel aspect of it is it gets hard after a while when you're on the road. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's hard for anybody really. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, not sleeping in your own Yeah. Bed. I do love playing. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, not sleeping in your own bed and you know all that yeah. kind of stuff. Not Creature being your comforts. The, yeah, yeah. The, the stuff you don't pay attention to at home. <laughs> you know, you take it for granted, even for that matter. Yeah, and especially when we were traveling across the U.S., um, we were in a uh, we were in a bus, and um, oh, yeah. being on the road for hours and hours is uh, it's hard after a it's while. Uh, but you know, it's worth it. It's worth it because you get to you know. Yeah. You get to play music live. Yeah, right. And those shows, it looks like, you know, you, your dad, are, they're having so much fun. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. really mm-hmm. what I see. Because I, I was lucky to see you with your dad a few years ago through here. And just the just the excitement and the, like, it really was shown uh, in the performance, which I thought was really great. Because, you know, I love seeing live shows. And if you've seen, like, really well-toured bands and you can kind of see that the road kind of gets to them and they're just, you know, like maybe not necessarily their best night or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so I liked this, that sense of like energy coming from the stage. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. The, the, the show itself is the best part, of course. It, mm-hmm. it makes it all worthwhile. Nice. I didn't know Eric. I didn't know you got to go to that. Yeah, haha. Uh, so, I, so I, just so you guys know, so my old apartment building, which was a few miles down the road from where Eric's at here, but it was it's one of those places full of artists and musicians. And so when that show came through, half of my neighbors all had tickets. They came back and just rubbing it in my face. You know, like, oh, it's just a kick-ass show, man. Why weren't you there? It's like, well, I don't know. I just I, I slept on it. I guess. So that's that's pretty cool, though. Where was that? Anyhow? The Myth. The Myth up in the North Metro. Okay. Yep. Okay. You got, it's just got to be a haze. I don't know. I can't even... If I was in your shoes, Cody, I don't know if I'd even remember what city I was in, to be honest with you. That'd be a challenge. I I, I do remember driving there. Um, I, yeah. Honestly, I don't remember the show itself, but I do mm-hmm. remember the outside of the venue and mm-hmm. and driving up to it. I, I think, you know, for a lot of that stuff, we just... We drive in, play the show, yep. and then leave, and then sleep on the bus. So we didn't get a chance to really visit or do anything, but... Yeah. Do you I ever do remember the outside? Do you ever take moments on tour to kind of take in where you're at? I mean, I can't imagine just right yeah. going from one place to the next place to the next place. You're working though, I suppose. Yeah, some sometimes our our schedule we we'd have uh, maybe a day or two in a city or something. Uh, it it just depends on how they work out the schedule. Sometimes it's literally you just drive in, play the show, and then sleep on the bus, drive out. Um, and then that repeats for a number of days. So every once in a while, you have a chance to explore the city, and um, that was cool when we were doing that in in Europe and things like that. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine just the beauty and the history of it all. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. Um, and when we went into uh, um, France, we played a couple of shows that just great food and uh, also in italy just amazing food (laughs) i wish this was a food show (laughs) right now (laughs) not only am i hungry but i really love food well when kyle's here it turns into a food show so that's true (laughs) right yeah he wants to talk about the food of wherever someone's from that's just oh really yeah oh man what is your favorite food cody we won't say where you're from (laughs) just what's your favorite food i can't steal kyle's thunder but favorite food well, it's okay. I'm I'm from Los Angeles, um, right. so I love uh, Mexican food. Uh, Obviously, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, very popular here. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you come through the Twin Cities again, Los Campos, we might have to take you there. That's <laughs> I love that place. I don't know their pozole is just amazing. There's there's no other way about it. So there you go. <laughs> we'll take care of you, man. Oh, cool. Shoot. 
too cool. Yeah. Too cool. Right on. So yeah, Beckett, um, do you veer with your tastes? Do you veer towards uh, liking the heavier side of synthwave, the lighter side, the cinematic side? Um, what do you gravitate towards, or what kind of perks your ears up? Yeah, maybe surprisingly, I I actually I'm not really into the heavy stuff, the real I guess like dark wave and things like that. I'm I more gravitate towards the lighter stuff, um, the more poppy stuff for whatever reason. Um, I you know I really love the stuff that that has that nostalgic feel to it. That's it's just a feeling oh, yeah. that I love so much, you know. The the Tron soundtrack. That's what I tell people. They're like, "What do you do?" Oh yeah, the Tron soundtrack. Oh okay, I get it now. Yeah. Like the Neutron soundtrack or the original? Oh, you know, I, I used to think original, but as as you change, I swear it gets newer sounding. I don't know. It's an odd thing. The technology, you know, it's it's a little bit different. That's for sure. But yeah, mm. I don't know. I'm at the point in my my listening bias that it's hard for me to tell yeah. old music from new music now. Yeah, if it has synthesizers in it. Because I'll listen to like Gary Newman, and to me, like the Pleasure Principle sounds just as fresh, mm-hmm. like of anything that's released today than it was in like 1978. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. true. It's interesting how it's kind of everything's come back around. You yeah. know, uh, what was once retro and and uncool is now cool. Yeah, it just reminds me, everything's a wheel. Like I, I finished the uh, Dark Tower about a year ago or so, the, the series, and you know it's kind of a, a revolving theme. Uh, that everything's a wheel revolving, go figure. But that's it. Old's new again. Imagine pretty soon we'll be doing '90s pop or oh, that's already come. Boy bands. It's already happening. Yeah, that's already uh-huh. happened. That '90s nostalgia, and it's actually creeping into the synthwave scene a little bit, aesthetic wise. You know, there was somebody not too long ago that had that 90s beat, and I straight up called it out, and they're like, hell yeah, I'm going for it. And it was like that, everything is a dance, and dun, 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 you know? It was just, it was a bit too much. I wasn't ready for like the, it. Like the Euro, Euro yeah. uh, dance kind of stuff? I won't, don't tell anybody, but I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've already seen a little bit of that 90s nostalgia in yeah. like some metal bands. I think Code Orange takes a lot of their influences from 90s uh scene be it metal or be it you know um post-punk or punk or or grunge or whatever whatever so uh yeah i mean it's a a matter of time before that it all as you said it's a wheel everything's kind of revolving and um but it's interesting even in pop music like my ears always perk up because I think like the weekend did a i heard about this an 80s an 80s kind of vibe yeah. album something like that i've been hearing about it somebody else brought it up to me actually and said oh you do music like the weekend i was like no i don't <laughs> no. i don't even really know who this person is yet and someone else said, you mean the midnight like no this weekend something i don't know i can't I couldn't keep the weekend straight. at midnight yeah that's that's my new project <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah cody will collab on a song right <laughs> <laughs> midnight weekend Oh, dear oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, do you do you find yourself mostly just listening to like prog rock then uh, out of the synthwave thing and just kind of play within the synth synthwave world a little bit more so? Yeah, I, I really need to to listen to more artists. I sometimes I get just locked into like one or two artists that I just listen to constantly. And yeah. I, oh yeah. I really need to just you know expand a little bit more um 
for whatever reason, I, I, I tend to get kind of tunnel vision when it comes to, to music that I'm listening I, to. I could definitely relate to that. You just fall back in what you're, what's comfortable. And like, you know, you, if you're in a transition, you're, you know, yeah. driving or whatever it is, like it just, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely understand. And so like you have to forcefully listen to new music and, and it's easier to do with, I think, with Synthwave. So have you heard, ever heard of Calm Trues? No, I don't know. I don't know them. Wow. It's a, it's a guy out of New York. That where he's uh, from? Yeah, he's one of the. He doesn't call himself synthwave, but um, it's an interest. He really plays up this uh, very like Tron nostalgic kind of vibe, and he's very much his own unique thing. I would definitely check out Comtrees if you haven't, which is surprising. He's been around forever. Oh, you know, uh, I see. I, hearing it said, it didn't. I, it sounded like one word, like like commerce or something but oh. tom Cruise, as in like tom cruise yes very strangely right exactly I, I, I have seen you know honestly i don't think i've heard one of his tunes but i have seen that name pop up here and then i i'll check it out yeah um there's always a joke because the people on the internet think like will say that he sounds like uh ambient with with hip-hop beats um mm-hmm. it's it's obvious it's much more complex than that but he was actually one of the people that was on the new Tron, Tron soundtrack, which is why I brought him up. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so he's he has a very unique... I always like finding artists that have a very um, particular tone or something that's unique about them, that, you know, that they... Just that sound that's uniquely theirs. So he doesn't call himself Synthwave or anything. He's got, like, kind of this long, convoluted bs genre that he puts himself in just to not be pinned down um so i you know i like i like artists that really have that either they found like a you know a a synth that is really unique or they use it in a unique way and i think com is one of the one of the first artists that got me into synthwave as a whole because for me um i watched drive and that was kind of like the it was like this is everything I want in music. Like every single thing synthesized <laughs> into um, one genre of music. So, you know, and seeing new people making retro vibed music. So that was like the first thing I know for you, Chris, you were saying yeah. that um, pilot priest. Oh yeah. No, for real. It was, it was the, the vital copy. It, like, I don't know. Sometimes you buy records because you love the cover, you know, kind of one of those deals. And so, I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Waxwork Records. I think they're out of Texas or Louisiana or something. But they they do these beautiful presses kind of deal. So it's this gorgeous, like bright kind of color with these like switch panels on it kind of deal that were glowing in a spaceship and you bring it in. It was like this three disc type of a press, and it was just gorgeous, beautiful music. These and we talk about this, I guess, cinematic retro wave, I guess, and yeah. it's really kind of what I've what I've started you know doing over the last few years as well as a result, and I. It's funny since we did the first interview when, as you know, for me from North Innsbruck, it's funny. Mm-hmm. You think more about the venture that you've had as a mm-hmm. musician and it's amazing how many different ways you can spin the story getting to where you're at, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I'm sure for you, Cody, to, uh, Cody as well, you could probably tell the story three or four different ways, depending on what band you're thinking of and what mindset you're in, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like say, I love punk music. I did that. Oh yeah. Even Nirvana was an influence or metal bands were mm-hmm. hip hop was. Yeah. 
Yeah. Synth hop. Synth hop. <laughs> Gonna hear that on the next North Innsbruck release, right? Yeah. So. And I, Cody, obviously, as you're as you're picking up here, Chris is a is a synthwave artist himself, and you, Chris, you recently did a huh. rap collaboration. How? Oh yeah, yep, with Pavo out of San Francisco. It's gonna be on the EP, but we're not. We're we're gonna release hopefully by the end of October. We'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thanks for the plug again. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, buddy. What's uh What's the your artist name? Oh, I go under North Innsbruck. I'll uh, okay. I'll send you a thing on Instagram or something. We'll connect definitely. Okay, great. And that actually brings me to what I wanted to talk about a little bit ago. This is something that's super cool because, and and I'm I'm curious what this is like, Cody. Because on on one hand, like I mean, as somebody who's you know as as a musician, and I've been doing it since I was a kid, you know, and I put myself in a space where I've seen. A, small amount of success with North, North Innsbruck and you know and then then you've had you've had awesome you know awesome kind of achievements throughout your career yet you're still so connected to to the community around you and and so uh, I guess kind of attainable is maybe a word for it which is really <laughs> cool like I mean that that's that's an interesting balance and it I feel like it's more your personality maybe there's not even an easy answer to that but but how did you like how do you balance that man that's really cool. Being a good person, good dude. I think <laughs> really? that's actually, I should have just said that. How do you be a good dude, Cody? <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't, I'm not into this, uh, the concept of, you know, that some, some people or some artists are like, you know, gods or, or considered yeah. above your, your average peon, you know, I, right. you know, we're all, we're all just humans making art, making music, you know, totally. I, I don't think there's 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 no reason to think that you're somehow you know untouchable if you've you've you know reached yeah. some certain point right. I, I don't know that's just kind of totally. silly to me we're all stars to a certain degree you know we've, we've got all <laughs> yeah. that inside of us and and that's that's spot on right there that's super cool because that's down to earth because you know i mean throughout life we we come across people in different life forms and there's all you know there's all kinds i guess is, is maybe where i'm going out you know going on with with that piece of it right there but that's a that's pretty cool. Um, and that's one thing that, and I, I know many people say has been pretty unique and special about this uh, young electronic music community right now. And I, I say young because in the grand scheme of things, I mean, even, you know, synthesizers themselves, what are they, 40, 50 years old, you know, as far as the consumer side of it at the very least. Mm. So, uh, so there's a, there's, there's, there's a long ways that, that we can go yet because it's so young, so new. And it's cool that you're a part of it. That's rad. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just happy to, to have the opportunity and have the means to be able to, to do what I'm doing and uh, to be able to work with my dad and, uh, you yeah. know, just do, be doing music. It's just, I'm just, I feel so lucky, you know, uh, to just, uh, to be in this mm -hmm. situation. To do what you love doing, right? Yeah. Totally. It. So I got a question, um, you know. We're primarily talking about music, obviously. Is there other aspirations for yourself? Are you, do you primarily consider yourself a musician, and that's your kind of calling, or do you have aspirations to do other things? Yeah, I mean, right now, I guess I, I consider music is my is my job uh, at this point uh, because that's that's how I'm you know supporting mm -hmm. myself. In the past, I've done. A number of different things um i used to work in in japan uh, at a job completely unrelated to music 
Um, and then I bounced oh. around a couple of other jobs over there. Um, <laughs> yep. So I, I do, I do speak uh, Japanese. So that's kind of my other uh, usable skill in the world, I guess you'd say. Nice. Uh, it gives, I mean, that's, that adds some, you know, dynamic touch to the career path for you to say the very <laughs> least. Interesting. So what, what did you do prior to music specifically? Or, I mean, maybe you don't want to go into that piece, but I'm kind of curious what, what else you've Oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. perfectly good to talk about it. I, yeah. so in, when I was in college, I did a year, a study abroad nice. over there. Okay. Um, and, uh, I loved it. So I thought, you know, I got to get back here. So after uh -huh. graduating, I just got a job uh, teaching English over there. You did? Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've met to, talked to a couple of people who have done that. In fact, that's super cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a, a thing that many foreigners do to just get over there and get yeah. work. Um, and it, it's it's fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's not for everyone, but yeah, absolutely. Then after that, I bounced around a couple of different things, and and uh, I worked for. Um, uh, some Japanese companies and things like that, uh, but nothing, nothing really stuck. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, I ended up, um, I ended up coming back to LA uh, because my dad wanted to. He he wanted to work with me on some stuff, and nice. that's sort of what I've been doing since then. Uh, you know, I, I go back to Tokyo pretty much every year, or I was anyway when it was possible. Now I can't because of the virus, but right, yeah. Um, so I've been I've been going back and forth and, and doing little little jobs here and there over there, like translation stuff and things like that. But um, yeah, I guess right now I'm really uh, music is kind of my mm -hmm. my thing. Is it kind of you, know, you mentioned the virus and everything is for for me and I think a lot of other people are finding that escape in their their keyboards and their synthesizers yeah. and their computers. Is that kind of your game as well right now, or how are you doing getting through it all? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually okay. I, you know, I, I uh, other than the fact that I can't get back to Tokyo because yeah. I love Tokyo so much. But other than that, I really, uh, I've, been, I've been doing okay and everyone in the family is doing okay and um, things have been good. But yeah, like you said, you yeah. know, it's it's great to be able to, to, to work it out with the music and, uh, you know, just jam on the keyboard and a bit. Yeah. It always feels good. Uh, I feel, I feel, I, how do you say it? I feel for people who, don't have an outlet like that or, or a hobby or a passion to pursue during a time mm. like this, you know, I mean, because you really have to be able to I don't know, say entertain yourself, I guess is a big yeah. piece of it. So yeah, it's healthy as it turns out. <laughs> Those hours yeah. drawing as a kid and hammering on the piano paid off. Yeah. With, with hammering that, you know, like having the time are you, do you have, you know, projects that you're maybe brewing on thinking about Ooh. you know what's next some sparks for cody brain. you know yeah, yeah what's what's next for something that you're going to pursue or want to work on yeah i um so it's it's funny since the since the virus and this whole thing started i've kind of um i don't know i just haven't haven't written as much music as i as i usually do i used to write music all the time uh and mm -hmm. so as a result i have kind of a big uh, backlog of music that to be released so nice. yep. I, i'm hoping to release the next rock album next year um next uh you know with blue canoe records that that Sweet. sort of this series of albums that i've been doing i think the next one will be released next year nice. um have a couple of other al uh, a couple other projects that 
hopefully I'll release eventually. I'm just talking about my personal stuff. Yeah, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely things on the horizon. Very cool. I was digging the cover art, by the way, for, for the rock albums that you've got there. Kind of the pastel kind of style to it, the lighter drawing thing. That was, that's a yeah. sweet theme you got going there. Are you going to kind of try and continue that as well, you think? Or Yeah, the, the artist that, that did these these for me, uh, he's an amazing, incredible artist. Um, yeah. He's, I think he's working on the next one now. Um, sweet. He, uh, he's a really interesting guy. He spends his time between... He's a Japanese guy, but he spends his time between Tokyo and Nepal. He goes oh, into wow. the yeah. the mountains just in the middle of nowhere just to just to draw, you know, just to do Amazing. his art. Wow. Um, yeah, he's really he's he's a true artist, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know is he on? Um, is it something people can look up online at all? His work at all, or people could check out anywhere off the top of your head? Yeah, um, uh, I think. Th- you, if you look up M I Z O Mizo, that's his that's his name. Uh, he's definitely on Facebook. I think he has, what is it? Etsy is that the name of the okay. website? Yeah, where Etsy. you can. Okay. Um, he does a lot of fine art stuff because his work is just is so detailed and yeah. and uh, you really have to see the actual artwork in person to really appreciate how detailed it is. Awesome. Um, he's he's just incredible. Met him through your travels. Yeah, he. Um, He's a friend of a fellow that I did a little bit of work with over there, um, and uh, I, can, I was lucky enough to connect with him, and uh, he's uh, he's amazing. So you've got um, so a little bit of hopefully prog rock next year. Do you find yourself um, kind of in that mindset? Because when I think prog rock, I think of sweeping concept albums and and themes and and really like complicated things built layers built on top of each other uh, do you have a maybe a concept that you're trying to express when you're writing prog rock stuff or do you just sit down and just get going yeah you know that's that's an interesting question some sometimes i do and sometimes i just go for it um i have another project i don't know when i'll release it um, but it is a concept album. It's instrumental, but it is a it does follow kind of a story. Um, um, it's a kind of video game vibe to it. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, sometimes nice. there's a concept. Sometimes I just uh, just let it flow and just see where it goes. You know. You ever have like either just like a rhythm or a beat or a melody just stuck in your head and you can't get it out until you like, you put it down somewhere, like record it or just get, yeah, just ex- exercise it from your mind. Other than pop yeah. radio every time I turn it on. Yeah. Well, not that, because <laughs> I just want to smash my head from with that. But like, yeah. I know it, that it, explains it, a crack in your windshield. Oh, okay. there you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. That's where I, for myself personally, you know, you know, being, uh, classically trained percussionist is my, my background. Um, like I will just have something that it's almost, it's an earworm maybe. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to, I, it won't like, it'll keep me up at night if I don't get it out and record it or do something with it. it it's just a weird, just wondering if anyone yeah. else has that. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. I mean, in the shower, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a, yeah. it's a big source of inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny um, how that works. Yeah. Uh, or even sometimes I've in the past, I've actually heard things in my dreams. Um, I'll, I'll come up with a musical idea yeah. and I, I make a point to try to wake myself up and get it down before I forget it. You know, right. 
struggle over to a keyboard real quick and hammer it out a bunch of times before you forget turn on midi <laughs> and go or back I'll to bed after just you're sing, sing it into the phone into the there you, uh, go. you know the voice recorder on the phone that's not a bad idea that's, See, that's smart that's Damn a lot it. easier cody that's brilliant man the tools right there every night charging next to us people are better yeah. be paying attention <laughs> that's a yeah. good one um, um and another thing i want to talk about is uh your love of Japan. Uh, do you, is, do you have like an affinity for Japanese culture? Obviously you were drawn there enough to teach English, to spend a lot of time there. Um, what about that country, you know, kind of draws you to it? Yeah. I, I, uh, well, have either of you guys ever been there before? No, no I've had invites, but it's, it's, uh, expensive and it's a long flight. All right. Yeah. Yes, it's well, especially for you guys, it's a crazy long flight. Um, I can imagine but, how many hours uh, that would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, ever since I started studying the language in in college, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I love the language. It's such, it's so much fun, um, and I love, I love the people. I love the food. I love uh, the city. Tokyo is just an amazing city. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, it feels great for me to be there. I. Uh, Honestly, I prefer being there over LA. Uh, not, um, not. Uh, it's it's hard for me to be here this whole year and not be able to to get back over there. Oh, yeah. um, and that's interesting because yeah. the this the the amount of people crammed into one spot is so much mm-hmm. more. So crowds obviously don't necessarily bother you. Yeah, you know, it's not fun getting on that train when you know <laughs> you're packed <laughs> in there. Yeah. That's obviously not fun, but. Uh, there's so much more to it. I, um, and, you know, depending on where you are, what time of day, it's not always you know, super crowded. Um, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I love it over there. Most of what I know uh, as an American through about Japanese culture is obviously through like anime and, you know, film and that kind of a thing. Um, are you drawn to their their pop culture as well as you know besides just the people and the in the history and, and that kind of a thing you follow okay what's the term there's a term for it hold on it's going to come to me you need kyle this is his category yeah this is it? his his uh, well weeb is one of them is an anime freak weeb? yeah weeb oh, weebo i've never heard that before <laughs> eric's up on all the lingo i can't keep up with this shit either don't worry <laughs> yeah i mean are you into yeah. do you read manga at all any of that you know in, like imbibe any of their pop culture um not not the new stuff you know i'm i'm so into this kind of nostalgic stuff i i have been into kind of the older uh some manga like uh cobra i don't know if you're familiar with that it was a um it's it's this uh kind of james bond meets star wars kind of thing it's pretty cool, cool. Right. um very cool. But I don't really watch uh, anime or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I used to watch a lot of movies. Um, yeah. I haven't so much recently. I don't know. It's hard to say whether I'm really into the culture or not. It's kind of weird. kind of get where you're coming from, though, too. I mean, as far as traveling goes, especially if you spend some time somewhere, you start to get a connection with the place and the experiences that you've got there and specific peoples. And maybe not every aspect of the culture you know, comes into play, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Um, but but the memories yeah. it, it it's kind of a piece of you parts of it are and you're a piece of it now it's, it's exactly a, yeah right on man very cool very cool 
so that's awesome you can speak japanese my uh, my, my partner's family is is japanese and sometimes our folks will break it out at the dinner table and i don't always know what's going on so i might record <laughs> some stuff and be like translate this and let me know what's <laughs> happening yeah that, I, I suppose that's a very interesting it is you know it's funny they don't think about it but every once in a while now like and you know, and probably Cody too, you probably caught up, you know, every once in a while you hear something and you know, like, you know what the conversation is for me? It's usually about food again. Go figure. You know, I, can, I can get to the bottom of it pretty quick, but, but yeah, there was one time not too long ago where my girlfriend, she looked at me and she goes, you understood what they said. And I was like, well, I got the general idea, you know, at the very least. And so that, and you talk about the cultural stuff too. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful things about Japanese culture that are, that mm -hmm. are pretty special that, have you had yeah, a chance? I highly recommend you guys uh, oh, yeah. heading over oh. there sometime. Well, we had a big plan, actually. It was going to be uh, 2020. Um, then we pushed it to 2021 just because. I, I think but... everyone had a big plan for 2020. Holy smokes. Well, we were right. going to Japan, man. Come on. <laughs> I've got a friend who's in who's in Hong Kong now, yeah. and he's moving to Japan nice. and mm. is trying to get me to go over there. And it's like, well, we'll, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm working on Iowa right now. Start there. <laughs> start yeah. Keep it low. The yeah. Small, small accomplishments. Yeah. Keep yeah. it small. Yeah. yeah. That's what you could do. It's a miracle. I'm over here to be honest with you. No, that's true. You're lately. kind of a recluse. Oh man. It's um, nice to get out. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting and, 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 um, valid point and and i just brought it in because obviously we're kind of a, a pop culture show and, and i think a lot yeah. of our listeners and we talk about um you know types of music and that sort of stuff it, it's just a relevant um thing it's impressive so was learning japanese nearly as difficult as what i've heard it is because okay. i just Can't hear imagine. that it's such a difficult language to get your hands around uh i well i mean I took French in high school and I found French to be much more difficult than, than Japanese, wow. but it's, I think it's really, it's more, if you're interested in it, then it's easier. If you have fun with it, you yeah. know, then it's with, with anything, really, if you're, if you take an interest in it, it's easier to do. Hear that immersion um, to that point as well. I mean, you don't have a choice in some cases other than to learn right. and survive. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a cool it's a cool yeah. it really just it obviously what it seems like is that you've you've really kind of gone your own way through life and had the ability to kind of figure out what you like to do and and be able to take those those paths and that's a really neat and interesting you know story to be able to, you know la to japan and and that that journey that you took so that's that's really cool um do you have anything else for cody while we got him you're looking at me. I'm looking at you, buddy. Oh, this is the opportunity. The so. thing is, is, you know, sometimes the stuff I really enjoy talking about is, is stuff that might not always be great, great podcast or radio <laughs> play. I'm, and by training, I'm also a, a counselor in psychology, so I could really dig deep, but I don't think I'm going to do that to you today, Cody. We'll save that oh, for wow. episode two. So, But I, I think that, how about this, actually? So, I mean, multi-talented guy, is there, you know, outside of music currently, is there anything else that's sparking your interest or things that, that got your eye that, um, that we might be able to take a look at? Like any goals outside of music um, coming up? Hmm. Any goals? I All right. You know, it's weird. Uh, you'll you'll probably have a better understanding of this psychologically. But since since the virus kind of shut everything down, I don't know. It, yeah. Life has just changed a lot. I just um, yeah. I I've kind of just I don't know uh, isolated a lot uh, and not really thought about new goals or new okay new things. Um, thankfully, I'm I'm not in a situation where I'm you know financially in trouble. I have to 
have to start working and doing something like that. Um, All right. So I'm, I'm lucky to be in that situation, but yeah, um, I'm just happy to be able to still do some music. Um, I'm watching the, the NBA playoffs now, you know, yeah. that's uh, both my dad and I are, are heavy into the NBA yeah. yeah, basketball. Who are you cheering for this, this year in the bubble? Um, you know, I just want to see good games. Um, the, like the, both LA teams are really good. Yeah. So it's fun. Uh, oh yeah. But we're, yeah. we're trying here in Minnesota. I'm telling you, I'm an, I'm an NBA fan as well, but it's, it's, it's rough up in these, this area. I mean, you know, we yeah. got D'Lo now from, yeah. from you guys and you know, a cat, but we'll see maybe we can pull in Devin Booker and actually have a decent team next year. We'll see. Oh, you you think he would leave, uh, or you think they'd let him go? Not after, Phoenix? not after those eight games in the bubble, man. Forget it. We're not going to get him. We're we're gonna we're gonna settle with Zach Levine from the Bulls. Is what's going to happen, and I'm going to be oh, pissed boy. about well, it. Oh boy! Well, good luck. With that. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope Zach is listening because when you were drafted by the Wolves, Zach, and I saw the way your face reacted to the Wolves draft the first time around, I about cried. I was so excited. <laughs> so Zach, <laughs> look me up, buddy. We, <laughs> you come back. We got to talk. That's so, funny. Yeah. Are you Lakers, Clippers? We prefer. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say because I don't want to take flack <laughs> for, for who I'm rooting for. So I, I'm just going to say I'm rooting for both of them. There you go. I like that. Good good answer. Good <laughs> answer funny. right there. I love it. No, it's been interesting, and that's been kind of one of the things with the, the NBA this this you know week. Obviously, things had to stop, but what they were able to do with the bubble and those – the, uh, the the creepy audience, this digital audience thing that they did, is just yeah, right. It's oh, it's funny. It's, it's like watching or playing NHL 01, like NHL hits 01 on my uh, GameCube. Like everybody moves real digitally, and some are big and some are small, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a trip. Very cool. I yeah, well, I, I guess I didn't even. I don't. Yeah. I'm not a sports guy, so. Oh man. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eric sits there and goes, "Okay, guys, come on. You should have seen him moving his hand at me right there, Cody. He's like, come on, get it over with. <laughs> get your sports talk out, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But so what are you talking about playing in the bubble? What is that? I, 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 oh man, Cody, you're being interviewed. Don't look at me. You gotta. This is Cody's oh, answer yeah. here, right? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they they got um, the teams down in a in a proverbial bubble um down in florida they're all yeah. i guess they're getting tested every day right I right mean, yeah is it they, disney uh, world they're at is it what's that are they at disney world is that where this takes place i'm trying to remember yeah i think so oh, um okay. and they're uh they're i don't think they've had any uh anyone come down with with covid19 um and they're playing the playoffs right now it's kind of amazing yeah yeah they're pulling it off to your point without anybody getting, getting sick because i think Pretty much every other league has had some teams shut down for a week or two because yeah. of, of things that have happened. Right, so, yeah. right. I wonder what that would be like to be a professional mm -hmm. basketball player, whatever sport, and not have anyone in the stands. Oh, man. yeah. Would that right. be weird? weird? Like, would that affect your? Because you're used to that, the energy mm -hmm. feeding off an audience, yeah. right? And there's no one there. So how does that psychologically affect you and what you you play it? It has to. It has to. Man, how about the crowd yeah. being like the crowd noise being pumped into the uh, to the arena? If you could even call it, yeah. That. I mean, yeah. And they, I know they have um, for the Clippers. I think it was the Clippers. They have their DJ or whatever. He's yeah. he's still playing the music. Uh, you know, even though there's no crowd there, it's <laughs> kind of it's kind of funny. It's a bizarre thing because you'll turn the game on and you can hear people cheering and they're screaming and stuff and you know all that. But yeah. yeah, they're playing in like a ballroom at the Disney Hilton or something like that. So. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. 
what about um as well like other sports have changed i i you know friday night flipping uh, every once in a while you get bored you, you hit wwe and you leave it on this is like <laughs> this is like mm-hmm. watching shakespeare right now the way they stand and look at the camera and like they they orate at you and all this stuff it is so <laughs> bizarre it's i gotta give them credit but without the audience what yeah. a different so it's like it's almost like a like a telenovo it is like except they punch each other kind of in their own way yeah right (laughs) yeah i'm totally disconnected from all of that kind of stuff so i I just i could have so much fun here cody who's your favorite wwf wrestler not wwe wwf and why oh i'm I'm glad you uh you went with the f because that's that's as far as i got that's Um, the only real one that counts all right (laughs) I, uh, I, man, I used to love a bunch of them. I used to love Bret Hart. Oh, um, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously Roddy Piper. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. Oh, I love it, man. Undertaker. Oh yeah, of right? course. Yeah. I mean, my, my old man was a mortician. So he, my dad hated the Undertaker, but us kids thought he was the freaking king of it all. You know? Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Right on. That in the NES, WWF games again for those kids who are listening. F, not Wildlife Foundation, Wrestling <laughs> Foundation. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. I think we lost Eric. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Actually, like, my eyes are glazed over. I think over. I lot of most, lot, just lost both you guys. Um, anyhow. <laughs> your love. Yeah. Your right. love of oh, wrestling. Dear. Now you all know my secret. Your public it's shame. It's got to be old school. I'm telling yeah. you, like pre-94, maybe 95. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to say thank you, Cody, for joining us. Um, I don't want to take up any more of your time, even though it seems like we're all kind of taking a proverbial time out from the world and society. Felt good. Yeah. Um, Again, thank you. Um, Please, obviously, for those that are listening, check out. You play under Ludrium? Yeah, that's kind of my synthwave moniker. Awesome. Um, So, obviously. Instagram. Uh, Twitter, iTunes, where else? Yeah. Deezer. I heard about Deezer um, recently. I think it should be everywhere. Uh, everywhere, you know, digi- all the digital platforms. I tell my friends, just Google search me, and and it'll pop up. And I bet it could probably do the same for for Cody. Yeah, everybody. exactly. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, sweet. Well, I really appreciate you taking uh, some time out with us to chat. Thank you. Um, it was really pleasurable. Again, thank you, Chris, for subbing in. Oh, good to be back. I'm telling you, I wasn't sure how it was going to come together a couple hours ago, but uh, <laughs> but I am here and I'm ready. All right. There we go. Thanks well, uh, until next time, this is Eric. It's Chris. All right. Thanks, Cody. Well, thank you for having me. Listening to Paradise Arcade.